Welcome to season three of the Yoga Therapy Hour podcast. My name is Amy Wheeler and I'm your host. We are so happy to tell you all that's happening in the world of yoga therapy. And we love to find guests from all over the world so that we can share and learn and grow together. Some of the things that are happening in season three that we find so exciting is that not only are we continuing with the free gift that we are giving out every single week in season two, and you can see more about that in the show notes, but now we are adding a YouTube channel and you can see all of these podcasts on video. The YouTube channel is called Optimal State with Amy Wheeler. Some people like to watch video maybe you want to use it for one of your trainings these videos on youtube will be there for you to use for free we would love your support we have opened up a patreon page that is going to help the podcast flourish and grow you can help us to expand and grow and create more content for you and we'd love for you to visit the patreon page which is called optimal state and yoga therapy hour podcast so let's go into our guest today and please nourish yourself take time for yourself and really relax into listening to the podcast welcome to this week on the yoga therapy hour and this is a, a little different episode than we've ever had. It is simply going to be me, Amy, just giving you an update about what's happening in my life and some of the reflections that I've been having. And I think it's probably important that I say it might be good for you to not listen to this one casually. There's some deep content emerging in the next say half an hour to an hour. And I would love for you to just sit quietly with a cup of tea, maybe in nature with yourself, because there'll be some nice food for thought. All right. So let's get on with, with what's happening. Today is May 17th. And on May 10th, 2022, I had a very unexpected diagnosis of oral cancer. And it came on the same day that I finished my 25-year teaching career, which is not lost on me. I had been teaching at the university for 25 years and probably for two decades been waiting for this day to arrive. And within hours, I got this really unexpected diagnosis. So you know, I, first thing I want to say is that if you have a sore inside your mouth that lasts for more than two to three weeks, that's, that's something you need to get checked out immediately. Do not wait. Even a bump, just go get a biopsy. That's what happened. Mine is on the left side of my tongue. As far as we know, it's not HPV related. And, you know, I, I think it's probably from dental work, 10 years of really difficult dental work on that side. And, and, you know, all the stress that we've all been experiencing the last few years, possibly COVID infection, 
I think somehow it got the best of me. So we believe that it is going to be removed on May 19th and that all will go well. But that being said, we aren't sure until we get into the surgery. And if you want to hear about the outcome, I'm, I'm very open. I have a site on Caring Bridge. It's called www.caringbridge.org. And my page, if you will, is called Amy Wheeler Healing. And you can go check out what happened because you'll be hearing this after the surgery has taken place. So what I really want to talk about in this episode, it was actually already written and on my mind before I even got the diagnosis. It's something I woke up very early in the morning, about four o'clock in the morning on May 7th and just kind of came to me and I wrote it down and told my students about it. And I really, I like the idea that came to me and that's what I wanted to share with you today, because I think it's very relevant to what's going on with me, but I know that it's relevant to all of us, right? Because we're human beings who, who suffer. So what is the end game for yoga therapy? What is the spiritual end game? Because the spiritual aspect of healing is the most subtle. It is the one that we have to have that shraddha or that faith to make it through these difficult times. It's what differentiates us from a lot of other healthcare and healing modalities that we bring the spirituality to our lives. And, and that could be in the form of connection with mother nature. It could be a particular deity. It could be Buddha nature. It could be the deep love that you feel for your, your family, your friends could be the spiritual connection that you have with a cause greater than yourself. When I say spiritual end game, I keep that very broad, you know, meaning and purpose, finding meaning and purpose in your life. That that's a spiritual pursuit. If you want a different name for it, I'm fine with that. I don't, I'm not attached to spirituality. If that kind of doesn't sit well with you now in yoga therapy, what we are trying to do over a lifetime is create more spaciousness within our human system, meaning on the physical layer, on the physiological layer, on the mental layer, on the personality layer, and on the spiritual, or some people call it the emotional layer. We are trying to create more spaciousness, more ease, more comfort, more sweetness, and less contraction, less heaviness, less what we call dukkha, right? So at the end of the preeminent yoga text of Patanjali's Yoga Sutra, if you get all the way to chapter four, which many of us never get there, but it's about death. (laughs) It's about, well, what happens at the end of all this great life that we've been living? If, If we think of Patanjali's Yoga Sutra as the guidebook for living, it it starts off and it says, yoga is experiential. You cannot think your way through this. You cannot philosophize your way through this. You cannot just be cognitive and learn it all. You actually have to feel it and be it and experience it. At the very end, the final game is how much fear is in your system on all of those layers, because fear causes contraction instead of spaciousness and lightness. 
So if we have fear on the physical level, meaning like, oh, my back is going out, I'm clenching up. If we have it on the subtle level, some people call it the physiological level, the prana maya layer, you know, what it what is happening in your, your subtle body? What, are you constricting mentally? Are you getting rigid in your thinking due to some fear that is unknown or known? How about your personality? Are you all over the place or are you quite sattvic in your relationships and with proper communication? Or do you trust that everything's going to be okay in the end? And that's where my, my current process is. Do I trust? Can I live? You know, especially these two weeks with a lot of unknowns, right? So how, how do we work with that fear? How do we lean into it? How do we learn to make it part of the process instead of pushing it away? And is there something that needs to happen in terms of acceptance so that if we should go back to the formless as a soul, that even that can be done without fear? That's really the, the, the end game, end game, right? And so I've, I'm having a, a wonderful opportunity to explore that, you know? What am I fearful of here and now? Maybe it's physical pain. Maybe it's changes in my my system physiologically. Maybe it's mental fear. Maybe it's fear about what will happen in my relationships or my personality. Maybe it's fear about not knowing how I'm going to fare in the future and having trust or maybe having a lot of trust that it's going to be okay and then the fear of, gosh, what if this doesn't work out so well, right? So that that ability to kind of examine ourselves on all of these layers and see what's going on. And I'll, I'll tell you so far, I think I'm faring really well. I, I don't know if I have mastered it, if I'm spiritually bypassing or what the heck is going on, but so far I feel very sattvic on all of these layers. And if I feel a little blip coming up, some dukkha starting, I have my yoga therapy toolbox to help me kind of back myself off the ledge and get back into a place of sukha, of spaciousness. I'm just so glad I found yoga. That's all I can say. Because, you know, when that fear takes over us and it, it will take over us, you know, there's some things we just don't have control over our deep stabilizing muscles are going to clench up and then accessory muscles are going to, some are going to work well, some are not going to work well for me. When I get fearful, my left glute medius and minimus just completely shut down. And, you know, my walking starts to get a little bit wobbly. That happens to all of us, right? We just all have different muscles that clench up or turn off. Some of us get cravings for substances to help, stabilize us like coffee or marijuana or sugar or whatever your substance is, or maybe it's cravings for experiences, which then oftentimes leads us to some challenging lifestyle habits that we're using these things from outside of us to kind of stabilize when really it would be great if we could go inward and have that deep, deep self-connection with Purusha or Atma to stabilize ourselves. And, and that's what yoga therapy, that's what we're, the end game is training us to do, to let go of the stress, 
the strain, the self-doubt, and, and potentially the poor decision-making. So as we are practicing yoga ourselves and as we are working with our clients, this is what we're teaching them to do. It may appear that we're helping them stretch their low back muscles or strengthen their glutes. It may appear that we're helping them to smooth out their breath. It may appear that we're helping them to reframe or get a new perspective in their mind. It may appear that we're trying to help them figure out how to take three deep breaths before they speak in an angry way to their spouse. <laughs> it may appear that we are helping them learn how to chant so that they can connect to the divine. And all of that is, is true and it's happening with the end game of combating this deep, deep fear that tends to arise when we have mini losses, medium-sized losses, or maxi losses, if you will. So I think a big part of what I'm doing right now and what I hope you're doing right now and, and the work that we're helping our clients with is that deep, deep connection to something that is eternal, that is all-knowing, that is free of fear and all of the other clashes, helping our clients overcome the obstacles, the nine obstacles that tend to get in the way of this self-connection and helping people to recognize I am suffering. I'm not just going to push that away and numb it out. I'm, I'm actually suffering and I need support through the tools of yoga, through connection, through pacification of this suffering. This is really what yoga therapy is, an applied science of helping people to do. So on the morning of May 7th, before I even knew anything was off kilter in, in myself. I had had the biopsy, but I didn't, I certainly didn't think anything was wrong. I was like, Oh, that is just coming back fine. <laughs> I was as shocked as anyone when I saw the, the word on the, on the lab report. Strangely on May 7th, I was like thinking, well, what makes me feel sattvic? What makes me feel safe? What gives me shraddha or faith? And I even had these thoughts of in the end, what's going to have mattered in this life? Like, <laughs> what am I doing here? And these are the, the types of early morning reflections that happen for me. But in, in my mind, it was in preparation for a lecture that I was giving to my students to ask them to do this work. What makes you feel safe? What makes you feel like you did the work you came here to do? What makes you feel sattvic and spacious? and in balance? What makes you feel like your life has meaning and purpose so that at the end you have no regrets? Like you're like, I came, I did what I needed to do. I did it well. And I got out and all went good this time around. Right? So this was my lecture that I was going to give and I did give. So in my mind, I, I kind of was reaching over to my journal. What I came up with that makes me feel safe and reduces my fear and gives me shraddha, that, that faith or trust that I'm going to be okay. We're going to be okay. Everything is going to be okay, no matter what the outcome. And I do mean that in the full sense of the word, no matter what the outcome, it's going to be okay. What I came up with was my parents' love for me 
my family, including my, my spouse and my animals, like that just gives me so much joy, so much peace that that's when I take my last breath, that's where I'm going to be is really just being with that love that I'm surrounded with by my family the meaning and purpose in my life that I came and I did, and I did well, and I have no regrets and I did my best is really deeply studying the teachings of yoga and being committed to my tradition, the Krishnamacharya tradition and doing my best to pass on our living tradition through my container in the best way that I knew how and doing good in the world. I I really have tried to do my best and it's far, far, far from perfect, but I couldn't have done any more than I did. I really took it seriously, tried to learn from my mistakes and tried to, you know, send out benevolence into the world. I also feel safe and and the fear inside me goes down and the, the faith goes up when I'm in mother nature, spending time in mother nature, or when I'm watching other people do good and be good and take care of one another and supporting other people to do that in the world. I'm also feeling good when I take right action, even if it's uncomfortable and I make people mad, which I often do. If I do my best to act with clarity and and in my heart in that moment, I try to do right action, even though the outcome may be uncomfortable. I feel safe. I feel secure. I feel like that's, that's goodness. And sometimes I have to go back and say, I'm sorry, my right action actually wasn't very right. (laughs) And I apologize and I'm willing to do that. We can only do our best as good as we can do at any given moment. Another thing that makes me feel safe and reduces my fear is giving empathy whenever I'm deeply heart connected to someone, I feel safe and receiving empathy back from them. And, you know, the ultimate safety and security and fear reduction inside of me comes from living all of those things. Right. But in the end, can I be in my final hours knowing that I don't have a lot of regrets that I haven't cleaned up or that you know, loose ends. Right. So, so this past week I've been making sure that everyone in my life knows I love them and that everything's in order and the, you know, the living will is in order and the, you know, health, health instructions for what I want to happen to me are in order. And that all of my faculty at the yoga therapy school know exactly what their job is and they will continue forward and do an amazing job that the passing of the torch is in my mind complete, that everyone could do their job without me. I don't have to be here. I feel so happy about that, that everything would go on just beautifully. And that I took the last 10 years to set that up at, you know, in my early fifties to, to have everything go on without a hitch, without me. Like I, I feel good about that. Now I don't anticipate that that is going to happen. I I think I'm going to be here till I'm 80, till I'm 90. I really do. But to have things in order professionally and personally 
gives me a great sense of safety and security and faith that no matter what the outcome, it's going to be okay. And so it's from that place that I can relax into this deep state of spaciousness, what I'm going to call Brahma, without feeling the fear. And that I can get there as often as possible through meditation for as long as possible, right? For one hour, two hours, every day, maybe morning and evening. And, and from that place of resting in the spaciousness, I'm learning how to surrender for the first time in my life. I'm, I'm actually kind of shocked at myself that I'm good at it. I didn't think I was, you know, I let the little things get me down and I ruminate about the silly things that aren't going to matter in, you know, a year or five years. But when it comes to really big things, I can, I can lay down my need to control it and allow it to unfold. And I, I'm really happy about that. I honestly didn't know that about myself until this experience. And I've, I felt very happy. I, even after the diagnosis, you know, my husband and I spent two days laughing our heads off at the irony of my retirement day being the same day as my cancer diagnosis. Like to me, that was a hilarious joke that the cosmic universe played on me to help me not take myself so seriously. So the dark humor in our home, which shall never be repeated to anyone outside our home, it's, it's just been light. It's been really joyful, honestly. Now, of course, we're assuming that this is going to be okay and we're going to get through this and, and things can change. Maybe, maybe that, that humor will go away and maybe it's just a trauma response. I'm not, I'm not going to deny that, but I can say that through my yoga practices and all the things that keep me feeling safe and grounded and stable in this life, I think the yoga is working and I'm not going to beat myself up if it stops working right? It's not that, you know, if the the day before the surgery or the day after the surgery, I'm in a different space, I'm, I'm going to allow that too. There's, there's enough space for all of the emotions to happen. You know, I, I had a two hour kind of little panic attack last night after a CT scan, right? Like it came, the wave emerged, I was in it. And then I was able to, to move, move through it. But the reason that I could feel it and let it emerge and, and kind of be with it was because I had all these amazing yoga tools in my toolbox to help me create that spaciousness and help me surrender to the fear. I, I, I know how to meditate. I, I actually received some beautiful meditations on cancer from my friends at Esviasa in India. And I listened to those last night and it just put me at peace. It was so lovely chanting. Part of that meditation that I was doing all night was chanting. My KYM tradition uses a lot of mudra and niyasam and visualization. And I've been really relying on that heavily for the last two weeks. I've been doing a lot of pulling my senses inward to connect with my deeper self instead of the results of the tests and the numbers and the, 
Googling everything. When I find myself doing that, I'm like, nope, shut that down. Turn off social media, go get in nature, then start to come inward. I've been doing so much breathing in the CT scan. I really used my breath. I am doing some asana, not as much as some of the more subtle tools, but I, I am doing some asana. I've completely changed what I'm eating in the last 10 days. Uh, no sugar, no coffee, no, you know, all, all of that stuff had to go. And I'm allowing myself more time and space with a spacious lifestyle and really cutting back on the work. Anything that's not essential is going to go. And I think I'll move forward, hopefully only working a couple of hours a day during this healing time. I've really committed to good relationships that first of all, I, I put myself on healing bridge as an, an introvert. That was a little terrifying for me, but I want to receive, I want to let in, I want to allow the people that I love and the, and the people that love me to be in connection and to foster those relationships and hold them closer and not push them away. My husband had said that, you know, before this event, he had many, many dreams and hopes and competing desires and priorities in his life. And then the moment we, we saw that piece of paper, it really became clear what the one and only priority is. And that is to love each other the best we can <laughs> for the time that we have. And, and that's now the priority. So, you know, we have all these ideas of the future and, and the many lives we'd like to be living, but what about this life here and now we only have right now. And so, you know, in moments like that, the many lives collapse into one life. And, and can we now stay living in that one life, right? Can we take all those competing desires and, and bring it down to like, okay, one pointed focus, chitta vritti narodaha, right? What matters? What is the meaning and purpose and why are we here? And can we peel away everything else that is actually extraneous to that, that just creates noise. I know I have a really hard time doing that, that I always have these reasons, well, I should still do this and I should still do that. And this is going to lead me to that, which blah, blah. it's just noise. What really matters? Who are you holding close? Do you need to work on finding family, friends, colleagues to hold close? You know, I, I would say, 15 years ago, I, I didn't allow myself to receive and be in close connection with people. And I had to learn to do that. Right. And that, that meant letting go of some control. So as I've come to, you know, kind of work through this in the last week, but I, I think it is really the heart of the teachings of, of TKV Deskachar. That is what are we willing to let go of and de-link from? to get what we really want. I'm going to say that again. What are we willing to let go and de-link from that's causing that chaos, that's causing that noise in order to get the one thing we want, the priority, the one life, right? So you might have to de-link from the news to lessen your fear. You might have to let go of certain people to create more space and sukha. 
you might have to live in a different place or get a different job and, and let go of the security that you potentially have or don't have. You might have to let go of certain substances. In my case, sugar does not do well with oral cancer. <laughs> it's like gas on the fire. So that's got to be gone. Activities. Again, if you're a workaholic like me, how are we going to restructure that? I have to delink from my work as one of my sole activities. I, I need to put up the greenhouse that's been sitting there for a year and start planting the plants that have been waiting for me. What ideas and beliefs do we need to delink from? And can we work through some of our trauma that is causing us to act in certain ways? I, I truly believe with the same as Gabor Mate, who says that our poor decisions, our poor lifestyle habits, whether we are addicted to things or we tend to walk into situations that don't serve us, it's usually from a place of deep trauma. And how can we address that, recognize that, digest it, process it? And in the end, after all that, can we delink from it and not allow our trauma to define us? Right. I, I think that is probably one of the, the hardest parts is even after we've made it through all that, can we then let that go, keep the nourishment that we received and let the things that don't serve us from the trauma be released. So this is the work that I will be doing in the next, oh gosh, the rest of my life, I guess. But as I go into the surgery and come out of the surgery and take my rest over the summer and possibly into the fall, you know, that's, that's the work. And I'm actually looking forward to it. I know it sounds insane. I don't know what's wrong with me. I keep telling people there's something well lit inside of me right now. <laughs> I tend to do that, that in times of crisis, I, I, I can see more clearly than all the other times when life is not in crisis, but I, I would like to invite us all to slow down enough to do this so that we can do it for ourselves, but then especially pass that on to others. And I think if I had to say one thing that continuously in my life as a pattern has stopped me from doing this, it's there's too much going on, too many people, too many assignments, too much work, too much this, too much that it's too, too much. Right. I think if somehow I could de-link from about 70% of the things that I'm putting my focus on, I think I, I would have the time to really do the work. So how can we stop packing our lives so full? How can we slow down? This is really the, the reflection that I'm looking forward to enjoying the process of embracing a new lifestyle. And I, I have this little friend that the, the cancer in my mouth, my friend Madoka from Japan has helped me name it. <laughs> the name is Sakura, which means cherry blossom. It kind of looks like a cherry blossom, but you know, the cherry 
blossoms come, they're beautiful. <laughs> we get to, to observe them and then they go really quickly. So we want this thing to go very quickly, but I don't want my cherry blossom to have come without providing something beautiful and good to me and to the world. And so that is the work is, is seeing if we can, you know, just move into it and, and do our best with less fear, more faith, feeling safe, feeling held, knowing that we can rely on our family and our friends and the meaning and purpose of our lives that we can take action to de-link from the things that aren't supporting us and do our work as, as yoga practitioners. I fully anticipate that with all the love and support I'm getting, I will come out on the other end, a different person, I hope. And someone who has slowed down and takes care of her body and her mind. I mean, I, I always felt I did, I was doing about three hours a day, but apparently I, I need to not go 110 miles an hour, the other, you know, eight to 10 hours a day. I think that's, that's where the rubber hit the road for me. And, you know, to finish, I do want to say that oral cancers are on the rise. They're one of the fastest growing cancers out there. There's been other people in our community that have reached out to me and told me that they've gone through this and how it was for them. And again, if you have a mouth sore anywhere, get it checked, right? It shouldn't be there for more than two to three weeks. Anything more than that is not okay. And the average person before they get diagnosed, it's seven weeks and that's the average, right? So you want to catch it before it travels to lymph or anywhere else. The, the next two sites that it tends to travel is your lungs and your liver. So that's really important to have early detection. And also where the cancer is in your mouth is really important. Usually if it's an HPV related cancer, which 90% of people have HPV, I don't know if you know that, but not everybody ends up with cancer. It really depends on your immune system and what else you have going on in, in your body. But that's more at the base of the tongue by your tonsils. So if, if you feel a sore kind of deep down in the base of your tongue at your tonsils, get there fast. Other non-HPV cancers are more like on the sides of the tongue and, and you know, people who are doing a lot of smoking and drinking, which I'm not, but dental problems, just agitation of, of the teeth against the tongue over many, many years can also cause abnormal cells to develop. So the location is, is really important to note also. And so you'll probably hear me doing more podcasting as well as teaching after I go through this about oral fifth chakra health and how to make sure that we stay happy and healthy so that we can continue to spread our message to the world. So I may be taking a few weeks off. I'm sure there's a lot of episodes that you can listen to both on all the major podcast platforms, but also our new YouTube channel where we have a lot of the episodes 
in video now on YouTube called The Optimal State with Amy Wheeler. That's the name of the channel. And we also, if you're interested in supporting us, we have a Patreon page because it takes five staff members to create this podcast and we, we need your support. And I think especially with these weeks that I'm gone, I would still love to pay Dupe in Nigeria and Adam in the Philippines and Krishna in Canada. I would still like to support them and their families, even though the podcast may be taking a short break. So if you're willing to support the people who have put in a lot of love and effort into making this possible, I would love for you to go to the Patreon page, which is Optimal State and Yoga Therapy Hour and, you know, contribute. That would be a wonderful, wonderful thing you could do to show your support for our team. All right. I will see you on the other side and I love you all. And when we come back, we'll be even more wise and uh, probably have, you know, many, many good things to share. Thank you. Please don't forget to sign up for our newsletter mailing list, where we give you a free gift every single week. It's usually something that the guest has been talking about, like a book chapter or an article or an infographic. Check out the show notes for that. Thank you for listening today. Don't forget, we have a new YouTube channel called Optimal State with Amy Wheeler. We also have a new Patreon page where you can support us to bring you the most excellent content. And that is Optimal State and the Yoga Therapy Hour Patreon page. Also, you could write us a review on most major platforms that host podcasts. Give us five stars if you appreciate the show and tell us what you love so that we can do more of that. Finally, we support several nonprofit organizations through this podcast. See the show notes to understand how you can help. If you'd like to be a guest or a sponsor for this program, contact us at the email welcome at theoptimalstate.com. Welcome at theoptimalstate.com. And finally, a special thank you to our team here at Optimal State. We are truly a global family. George Mantuan, one of our executive producers. Adam Satchel, senior media producer and sound engineer from the Philippines. Krishna Panchal, a producer from Canada. Modupe Abdullahi, who does the show notes and is an editor for us from Nigeria. And Peter Morley, who wrote and produced the music for this show, who lives in Australia. Find more about Peter's work at www.zenmusic.biz. Thank you for listening. We'll see you next time.